I appreciate how he keeps everything super light and fun all the time. I, I think sometimes I get a little bit too serious and, and he's always there to say that's tough and, and, and reel me back in. <laughs> that's tough. I think just the flip side of my super light and breezy coin, he's been like the leader of the team these past couple years. So like just keeping everyone locked in, I think is great because I'll kind of just be saying whatever and be doing my own thing sometimes and he'll kind of reel me back in and like the whole team as well. So that's always nice. Hello and welcome to the Raleigh Pultman Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead. I'm here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. Today, we're excited to have on NC State Alpha teammates Trevor Lynch and Dylan Hawkins. Trev, Dylan, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having us on. I forget. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is going to be super fun. I've been meaning to have you guys kind of ever since the season started. And I think, obviously, Dylan, you're a rookie to the team this year. And I didn't know what kind of role we've obviously have some rookies that play a lot and a lot of rookies that don't play a lot. And so being able to see you on the field has been really exciting. And obviously, Trevor, you've had all sorts of plays going into your second year now. So yeah, this should be really fun. All right. As we get into this, first off, I want to start with not just you guys are on the field, which we'll talk about your Frisbee, but also who are you off the field? So what makes Trevor Trevor and what makes Dylan Dylan without ultimate Trevor first? Without ultimate, it's a pretty short answer, I guess, but <laughs> I was a statistics major at state, just graduated this past semester, starting to work at an internship, doing some statistics work. And yeah, I like to spend time with my family and my girlfriend and friends and travel and mostly play Frisbee, hang out. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from the Philly area originally. So like Philly suburbs, that's where I started playing and moved down here for school at state. Cool. And Dylan? Uh, similar to what Trev said, I spend a lot of time doing frisbee but similar to i also just graduated from nc state i did a human bio and i'm heading to unc unfortunately in the fall to pursue a pharmacy degree so that's what i'm up to spend time with the with the fam i like going fishing too that's like my outdoor activity of choice i guess fantastic and are you from the area here or are you also a transplant uh, i'm from charlotte so pretty close by i guess Nice. Now you said you're going to be at UNC. So are, now are you out of eligibility though? Or does that mean we're going to see, I can't say it. What does that mean? I do have eligibility left. So in the fall, I will be suiting up for dark side, which is breaks my heart, but. Breaks my heart more. Wow. Breaking news. <laughs> Dylan Hawkins going to be playing. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to dive into that a little later. I don't even know mm -hmm. if I can handle that at this moment, but. <laughs> Okay, we'll keep going. So on that note, let's talk Frisbee. So can you go over a little bit also of your ultimate background? So how did you get into the sport? Obviously past college and club teams. And then of course, uh, just a little bit of your history with the Flyers. So Trevor? Yeah, I, I started playing in high school. A couple of my friends started my freshman year. Shout out to Boris Lee and Ashwin Pathaguchi. They're still playing, but they got me into it. And I started my sophomore year. Didn't really play a ton my first year, but I sort of got a feel for the sport. And then my junior and senior year, I was way more invested and I enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, I ended up sort of not really knowing where I wanted to go to school. And I expanded my box from kind of like the local schools around me and expanded it down to NC State and UNC. And I didn't get into UNC. I probably would have gone there, honestly, if I had gotten in, just not for Frisbee reasons, just because I like the school, but I like State a lot too. So that's kind of how I ended up down here. And I was lucky to walk into a super talented program that just was a few strategic pieces, I think, away from like really being consistent at the national level. So 
lucky enough to like see that throughout my college career. And in the summers, I played for the Philly club team. It was Patrol. It's now Phantom. So I played for them after my freshman and sophomore year of college. And then COVID kind of hit and didn't have a club season for two years, I think, and picked up with Ring of Fire when club came back. And that's been really fun. Been really good. Obviously just won a national championship. Not too bad. You know, yeah. okay. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm still like, I didn't realize this much UNC love was going to show up on this pod this early. I'm a little freaked out by this, but I mean, <laughs> Mike D's gotten to y'all a little faster than I thought, but we'll. Yeah. It was strictly non Frisbee reasons. I, I didn't even know much about college Frisbee, honestly, before I came down to school, before I was coming into college. So it's a cool school. I like it's kind of like tucked away in the woods and Chapel Hill is kind of cool, I guess. So uh, quick question too, before we get to Dill, uh, <laughs> Dill thumbs down, you're going there in the fall. What is going on? <laughs> so who was coaching the Philly team when you were on patrol? Uh, it was Charlie Hoppus and Anthony Nunez, who are the empire coaches right now. So it was really cool to get that experience, especially because my freshman year on alpha uh, was actually before it was named alpha. We didn't have as much strategy or structure put in place. So it was like good to get that experience from them on like a club field and then be able to bring that back to the college level. So it was, it was definitely cool. And I have a good relationship with those guys. So it's always good to see them. Man, that is wild. The Hoppes Nunez tree is so big. It's amazing how many like people that they've coached over the last decade or now at all these different anyway that's crazy yeah it was cool to play with connor too on those teams that's right because he played patrol connor russell sorry we should people yeah. should know connor russell also plays for the flyers all that aside dylan what's your frisbee story yeah i started playing in high school like near the end it kind of started as like i did cross country so like on fridays would skip practice and like go throw the frisbee around like on the practice football field and it snowballed from there and so we hopped in like, there's like a Charlotte spring league and we played against other teams, stuff like that. And then coming into college, I guess I think I got pretty lucky. I kind of dodged the uh, chaos. I think that was Trevor's freshman year. Shout out Michael Lee and Bailey and Wes and all those guys really turned NC State. Frisbee around, so that was nice. Club, after my freshman year, I didn't really do a whole ton of club. I played mixed with fly travel with like a few practices, but I was working in Wilmington that summer, so it was a little difficult. And then there was COVID, and then I came back. And last summer, I played with Toro, so that was super fun. Really getting into clubs for the first time, that was super fun. Super uh, cool group of guys and girls. And this summer, I made ring, so I'm super excited to run it back with the national champs. So that should be super fun. And I guess I don't have too much history with the Flyers, just a rookie, so, but. Yeah, and Trevor didn't mention, of course, that he's on his second year also winning with the Flyers last year. So we'll get all into that in a second. Okay, before we dive into Flyer stuff, I do want to do one more thing. So you guys have known each other for a long time, or at least the last couple of years, and you've been college teammates and you've been through a lot. So I'll ask you some other kind of things playing off each other, but I want to get the ball rolling now. Can you give me one great story about the other person? It could be on the field, it could be off the field. I want one great story about the other person on this pot. So Trevor, can you give us a great story about Dylan Hawkins? Yeah, there's plenty of on-field lore. He's got the clutch gene, so he's, he's saved us from a couple of tough situations. But off the field, it's sort of an experience, not a story, but the like Dylan freshman year experience was just a funny time because he was one of the only ones his freshman year of his class that really had experience. So he was one of the ones that definitely played the most. So I like got to interact with him a little bit more at practices. And obviously I was close with the other guys too, but Dylan was kind of like a, <laughs> I don't know, I, like it was before I really got to know him. So I didn't really know what to expect. And he had like three phrases 
that he would kind of just cycle through whenever anybody said like literally anything to him. And one was that's tough. That's mostly the one I remember from his freshman year. Pretty much anytime anybody said anything, he's like, mm, that's tough. And that was <laughs> that was the Dylan freshman year experience. So that'll always stick with me. Oh, chill. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Oh, man. I got crazy flashbacks from my freshman year just now. I have a pretty good on-field one for Trevor. So I think it was my sophomore year. We're playing Wilmington at kickoff. Deep shot goes up. Trev's running it down. Sweet layout catch. If you've seen Trevor play, I'm sure you know his layout form is immaculate. Great catch. Grabs it. Throws it up in the air. Everyone's celebrating and whatnot. And then you kind of like turn and the observer is just standing there like kind of confused and like he didn't call him in. It's like, oh my God, like the greatest catch ever. Just not the spice in there. It's not in. And then Connor Russell picks it up and it's like, oh my goodness. That's something I'll remember for a while. Just, just like the craziness of like those 10 seconds of, oh man, that was not in the end zone. The in-out call still disputed. <laughs> so there's a sweet picture of it uh, somewhere. The, the front angle, sweet picture. Shout out to Brian Whittier. Always take great pictures. (laughs) I feel like Connor Russell is part of a lot of uh, disputed in and out calls at many levels. So I'll have to go a whole segment with him on that and go through a bunch of stories. Because that's just the Wilmington. The Wilmington boys. This this is what happens with them. (laughs) Wilmington's known for their their great spirit and calls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys made nationals and they didn't. So we can just kind of hold (laughs) it. All right, <laughs> let's keep moving. All right, let's get into the Flyers this year. So we're going to go back and forth, just to have a couple kind of questions and some shorter ones, but also some bigger ones. Obviously, I'm coming off being the ADL champions for 2021. And then this year, we're sitting right now at a cool, I think, seven and one. Only have kind of one arguably huge game against the Hustle left and are kind of headed into the postseason with pole position for home field. So the season's obviously not over yet. We need to have appropriate fear going into every team. But by the same token, a lot of the focus will now be on kind of moving on. So each of you has been a rookie. Trevor, you were a rookie last year. And Dylan, this is your rookie year. So my first question is kind of what is your biggest surprise in your rookie year? that makes sense Hmm, good question i think surprising is just like the size of the field if you don't know the adl field is a lot bigger than the club field so i'll be out there like they practice something like chasing around like henry fisher fairfax which is a task in and of itself pursuing it under it just feels like you're chasing it for like 10 10 yards more because you are really and like getting on stage and stuff like that is really just a journey the field is so wide and playing defense is just crazy hard. So I think that's something that I definitely have to get used to. And just being in shape, it's way different for the Eagles because the field is just enormous. Yeah, I think my, my biggest surprise my rookie year was, I think, the <clears throat> level of strategy that went into the defensive game plan. I was playing with the D-line my rookie year. So obviously, like on other teams, it's we're going to force this way and we're going to try to do XYZ. But with Flyers and I think with Mike D's leadership, I think a lot of it was very specific to certain matchups and how we want to play people. And so it required a lot more knowledge and scouting of other teams, which I love that kind of stuff. So that was definitely a welcome experience for me. And double teams. I like double team people, but I don't know if I like being double team, but I think the concept is super cool to like play with. 100%. Trevor, what is Dylan's best on field quality? He's got the clutch gene. That's for sure. So when the lights are bright, that's when he comes out. Also, he really understands how to play with people, with specific people on the line. So like, I mean, I got a lot of chances to play with him 
on our college team. But this past weekend, he knows that like when Eric is catching the swing and he's out in the space, he's got to just go take off and like he'll catch deep goals like that. So I think like just his awareness and like execution and his ability to play off of other people is what makes him so good. What is his best off the field quality? I appreciate how he keeps everything super light and fun all the time. I I think sometimes I get a little bit too serious and, and he's always there to say that's tough and (laughs) <laughs> and, and reel me back in that's tough all right dylan let's flip it what is trevor's best on the field quality besides his immaculate layout form it's tough <laughs> he's definitely not that great but um playing with trev in college and kind of throw it kind of wherever and as long as it's like near trev he's probably gonna catch it so it could be like an inch off the ground and he'll bail me out like scoop it up so i always love having a nice margin for error because sometimes i kind of just throw it towards them and it normally works out so that's always nice it's funny you say that i I was going to bring this up earlier so my introduction to trevor lynch was i had no idea who trevor was until last year i think it was like the second game of the season against dc where we'd gotten the turn we're working down for a break noah saul has the disc and he just throws up this huge loopy flick and you're nodding because you know exactly what i play i'm talking about and like Trevor's not moving and it's clearly for him. And Evan Lepler on the call says like, Oh, Lynch didn't know it's going up. And then suddenly like, you're just hauling ass and then like perfect immaculate layout form catch that disc is like, Lynch makes the play being there watching alive, And I was just like, who the crap is this guy? Like it was incredible. So that's, it's funny. You mentioned all that big windows is definitely my first impression and has always been my knowledge of like Trevor Lynch. So it's awesome. What is Trevor's best off field quality, Dylan? I think just the flip side of my super light and breezy coin. He's been like the leader of the team these past couple years. So like just keeping everyone locked in, I think is great because I'll kind of just be saying whatever and doing my own thing sometimes and he'll kind of reel me back in and like the whole team as well so that's always nice that's tough buddy (laughs) nice so obviously again you each have had kind of your again rookie years this past year so actually i want to just talk about what was your favorite game so trevor what was your favorite game from last year obviously we had some pretty good ones some pretty brutal losses but some pretty great games so what was your favorite game last year yeah low-hanging fruit is the Empire Championship game. I mean, obviously that was one of the cleanest games that I've ever been a part of. And I was doing the doing the easy part, not having to hold every time out there. So it was nice to be in that role, I think, during that game. I think the other one was the DC playoff game. That's like always cool to go to an away stadium and just have kind of your boys at your back and take the field and get the win. That was that was a super fun one. And we played a pretty clean game that one too. For sure. And Dylan, your favorite game from this season so far? I'm actually really interested to see what you say to this. Hmm. I'm deciding between two games in my head here. So I've been kind of switching a little bit between O and B. So I love playing offense. Defense is fun too, but I think I think everyone like knows that like offense is like peak frisbee. I think I'm gonna go with this most recent game away at Atlanta, I think that was super fun. It was just us, the 20, and like a couple coaches against like everyone else. And I think some people thought we maybe weren't going to win that game. And it was super fun to go in there. And like the venue was super cool. It like everything was like super like packed in. So like it was kind of loud. And it felt like a real like professional sports game because we were kind of trading punches. And then we kind of pulled away with a couple breaks in the fourth quarter. So that was a super fun game. Yeah, it was not fun as a fan following it because it's like, <laughs> oh, we're they're up by one at half, which has been everyone's been holding or at, at the end of the first quarter. Nope, 
now we're tied at halftime. Like, are we going to, are we going to do this or what, what's going on here? So going back and forth and trying to follow everything. And then obviously uh, we had a, a, some pretty nice string of breaks by the end mm-hmm. and kind of put the game in hand, but that part was fun. But uh, the first 24 minutes was not, not as fun, but that's okay. You needed some heroics from Seth Weaver at the end of the third. <laughs> Just putting everybody in the stadium on the ground. What was the fan reaction like? Yeah. Yeah. The end of the third, Siraj got a hand block with like 10 seconds left and then they throw it around a little bit. And then jaw just kind of throws up a meatball that floats to the back line. And I don't know who he was looking for. It could have been E-Blood, could have been Seth. Nobody really knows, but Seth was the one to come down with it. So draw your own conclusions. Yeah, that wasn't even the play I was thinking about, but of course, and that kind of really put the game in hand at that point. Cause we were already up a couple uh, good times. Thanks Seth. Shout out <laughs> Seth Weaver. If you haven't listened to his pod, that's the one before this. Go check it out. Is Jacob Fairfax the most underrated player on this team? Uh, for sure, <laughs> that dude is a beast. <laughs> uh, definitely the dude I don't want to guard. <laughs> Pretty hard to stop. I can't tell a lie. Underrated to people outside the team, honestly. I feel like people on the team are like, I do not want to be anywhere near him when the disc goes up. <laughs> I just, it's not just the deep stuff too, though. He's got yeah. every throw in the book. He has such a cleanliness and a control to his game. I don't understand Yeah, I think he's both underrated by people outside the Flyers. And I almost think he's like criminally underused on the team itself. But then like, that's the point of the team is we're so deep, right? That we don't need to overuse any one player. Anyway, I just, that always hits me every time. Fax is coming on the pod, but not in a normal fashion. Be prepared. Everyone is listening. Like that's coming before the season's over, but it will not be in a traditional interview because he refused to accept a formal, a formal interview, but you'll see. All right. On that note, who is the funniest flyer? Funniest flyer, it's got to be Terrence. I think we'll be in like circles and huddles, and he'll he'll say some. He'll always say something that cracks everyone up. So I'm gonna go with Terrence for the funniest Carolina flyer. Yeah, Terrence is a good answer. I like Seth has just a way about him. He gets <laughs> he gets a chuckle out of me most of the time. Okay, who is the most strategic flyer? Who likes to talk strategy the most? Ooh, definitely uh, Saul for sure. He's our big strategy guy. So yeah. Got a lot of nerds in leadership, but it's all stands out. Okay. Who is the most intense flyer? I think I'm going to go uh, Noah Saul here. I think he's always harping on us. His, his old man wisdom. I guess dad wisdom now. Shout out Noah Saul. But yeah. Super intense, dude. Love playing with Noah, though. Yeah. Noah's definitely a good, good one. I think Henry kind of gets in moods where, I mean, most of the time he's playful and joking around with people, but certain practices or certain times during a game he'll just lock in and like you can just kind of see it and feel it from him all it takes is one disrespectful thing from the other team and he gets heated so fast i've seen that at pickup games let alone in like an actual competitive situation (laughs) like someone will get one like d on him or he'll throw one bad throw and he'll just turn into a monster so yeah i can see that for sure who's the most supportive flyer who's the person you go to when you're down and you need help um i think this season He's also a rookie, uh, Will Coffin. He's kind of from like the Seattle area. And I guess, I don't know if you spoke with many people, but everyone will tell you that everyone loves Will. He's super nice. We were working together in a zone this weekend. I'm just chatting with him, figuring out like what we're trying to do. It's just so much fun. And like, it's just a real pleasure to talk to him. McKelvey's been that guy for me, I think, last year and this year also. He's just kind of always offering himself up to talk to you about things that are going on in the field or where your head's at and how he can help you out. So shout out to McKelvey. Yeah. Good dude. And finally the most handsome flyer is. Ooh, I feel like normally 
I'll go Trevor here, but for the sake of being unbiased, gotta go Matt Vichohannis, Carolina French School legend. Pretty handsome dude. Okay. And then Trev, assuming you can't answer yourself, of course. <laughs> and if I can't answer Dylan, I mean, he's the baby face assassin, but I think I'd maybe go, Will Coffin just got this haircut. I was gone for a few weeks. He got the haircut when I was gone and I, he came back and I was like, damn, well, okay. Looking good. Oh, I haven't seen this yet. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. We should do one more. This one's fun. If you had to be stranded on a desert island with one other flyer, who would you be stranded with? And there's a bunch of different directions you can go with this of why you take them, but. That is a good question. Who do I trust my life with on the flyers? Can it be the coach? Is that, is that possible? I think so. I think, I think Mike D could probably help me out. I think his, his wisdom could definitely help me do what I need to do on this island. I'm sure, I'm sure Mike D could save me if we were both trapped in some godforsaken islands. I don't know. I, I mean, like to keep the vibes up, it might be Michael Lee. He's always good at that. I'm trying to think about who I could actually imagine like killing a wild animal. No, this is, it's a pretty short list. I feel like E-Blood, E-Blood might be, might be. The- <laughs> uh, E-Blood, I was thinking Tim McAllister would be like, oh, he's true. got the rugged. I feel like he's older. I think he'd have the experience. If that guy wasn't a boy scout and younger, younger age, just like, I, you know, I'm just saying, I feel like he'd be a good pick here, but. All right. That's cool. All right. Let's get out of the flyers for a second. Let's talk bigger picture. Let's talk some ADL stuff. So I don't know. Some people I have in the pod follow the league overall and others don't as much. So we'll find out together kind of where you're at, but let's look out West for a second. Cause I think obviously this is kind of the most intriguing division. There's a lot of question marks with the, you know, literally half that division's new. So if we could have just a one-off game, is there one new West division team? So we're talking Portland Nitro, Colorado summit or Salt Lake shred. Who would you most want to play? I think the West is super fun to watch. I think, like, if you look at the scores and whatever, like, they're scoring way more than us in Atlanta. So that's super nice. New team that I most want to play. I feel like I'm going to go easy. I think I'm going to take probably Colorado because I think they've looked the best in, like, little – I haven't watched too much of the West, but, like, the games I have watched, like, they have uh, Nethercut as well. So they got a bunch of really top-end players. I think they would be the team I'd want to play against the most because I think they look like the class of the West right now. Yeah, they look really strong. I think it'd be fun to see Salt Lake. They seem to be like the most huck-happy team, which, I mean, I think that we would play well against them, but it'd also just be a fun game to watch them watch them shoot it relentlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, there's no bad answer because even if we pick the Portland Nitro, Leandro Marks, is so fun to freaking watch play Frisbee. Obviously their team's not very deep and they've had struggles when they, their stars have not been on the field. I think they're kind of almost out of the playoff picture at this point, but like, holy crap, that team is fun to watch. Just like, wow, I've watched a, a bunch of their games actually just because I love watching their stars play. So, but yeah, hard to lose out with this freaking ridiculous summit team. I mean, Jay Frude, again, super underrated player. I feel like people don't realize how, how ridiculous that guy is. Um, and then, yeah, I, the shred also is just like such a fun team to watch right now. I mean, they all, not only do they have like a bunch of huckers, but like they just have a chemistry. All of them came through that same pipeline. It feels like, and so they've just developed this. I mean, they just know how to move all the time. It was almost like watching the Medellin revolution this weekend for the PUL championship. They just move in a way that most teams don't because they just know each other so well, but cool. On the note of other players, what's one player that you most want to trade for on another team? Hmm. Who do you want to play with that you haven't had a chance to play with? I might go easy cop out here. Brian Osgar from the New York Empire. I don't know if you guys have seen like his 
stats, but like, I was looking at him and it like it was just insane. Like it was like ninety-eight point five percent completion rate, like twelve of twelve on Hucks. That dude is uh he's hooping right now. Six enough to- turnovers. Six turnovers to this point <laughs> in the season. Six as like a hub handler. I'm not touching this as much as him and I have like four. <laughs> And uh, luckily for us, he comes down and plays ring. So I will, I guess we'll get the chance to play with him. So that'll be sweet. But yeah, that man is hooping right now. He does not miss. I think I sort of have two answers. I got both in our division, actually. I think Elliot Moore is somebody that I played with on the Austin Soul. And uh, so he's a good friend. It'd be cool to have him be in the area and playing with us. Really strong player. And then Hayden Austin Nab on Atlanta is someone that I've talked to a lot and never really gotten to play with, but he's a super cool dude. And a Sixers fan. We need more Sixers fans on our team. So it'd be, be cool to have them around. How much do we hate Ben Simmons? Ah, that's a, that's a loaded question. I'm more, I'm more just happy that he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Addition by subtraction, hardcore. And now yeah. he's trying to sue the team to get money for whatever. Let's move on. All right, all right. You're right. This is an endless well that we could go to. We'll do a Ben Simmons hate podcast postseason. That'll be way more fun. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge NBA nerd, so I could talk. Okay. I can talk NBA stuff all the time. All right, we might hurt some feelings here, but I'm curious. We're two-thirds away through the season, and as a fan, I've talked to a bunch of people about this, but I want to know, as players, I'm asking who do you want to play, but also who do you think will be playing in the South Division game? And obviously, like, we need to have appropriate fear. There's still a chance we could goof and not get to host the last game, but in many ways, we've kind of done the work. So it's it likely will be us hosting someone. But at this stage of the season, we've got Atlanta or Austin. The other two teams are haven't won so there's no way we'll see Tampa or Dallas Um, for those who haven't been following really closely so Atlanta is currently four and two Austin is currently four and three Austin did just go one and one on their big Midwest road trip which is really important because if they lost both games they're kind of out of it because they still have one home game left against Atlanta and Atlanta plays Dallas the night before so it's the Texas road trip then they got to play Dallas and then go into Austin and beat Austin so if they both win the rest of their games, which looks likely, looks likely that game will probably decide who we play because I think it may, and it may come down to even like if Austin wins, do they win big enough? Cause if it's like one and one, and then they look at point death, but all that to say, who do you think we should be playing in the South? I mean, you've played both teams multiple times now. So who do you think we should be playing in the South division playoff game? Um, what I was talking earlier about favorite games, I was deciding between our home Austin game and uh, this most recent Atlanta game. It's a good question. Uh, both teams are super good. They both have a bunch of really good, like top end talent. So that's a tough one because I think both teams play super differently. I think Atlanta slows it down a lot. And if you've watched them, they play a ton of zones that like will keep the score pretty low. I think Austin is like, Super athletic, likes to shoot it for sure. I think Atlanta beat them already, right? In a head-to-head? In Atlanta, after they lost to us the night before. Okay. Okay, so the back-to-back is tough. Hmm. I think if I had to go off, like, what I've played against, I think Austin is the team that I think might be a little bit better, but I'm a little skeptical just because I think Atlanta's zone can kind of muck up what Austin's trying to do. So I think... Going Austin, but Lane Dillon in me wants to pick Atlanta. Let's go Atlanta. Already won the head-to-head. I think they match up well. Yeah, I think if it comes down to the Texas road trip and Atlanta's got to beat Austin on the second leg of the road trip, that's going to be pretty tough. But 
I do think that they're probably a stronger defense based on what we've played against. So I don't know if I, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough question, but I think if I had to pick one, I would go Atlanta. That'll be some drama in the South, which being real, like the South hasn't felt like it's had a lot of drama. So I think that'll be interesting. While we're talking postseason, let's get some hot takes in. Who are you taking for the other three teams at championship weekend? So obviously we'll say we're going to Carolina Flyers out of the South, but then who do you take in out of the East, the Central and the West divisions? Let's go Trevor first. I think the top team in every other division is undefeated actually. So it's tough to pick against them, but I'll pick New York as a lock. And I think Colorado has looked pretty solid against Salt Lake so far. And they're the only team that I think could realistically beat them, but keep it spicy. I'll take Minnesota over Chicago to take their spot. Yeah. Minnesota is pretty untested at this point. Obviously they lost early in the season already Chicago once but they have a bunch of games against other good teams the rest of the way. So we'll kind of find out what they're made of pretty quickly here. Okay. Yeah. Dill. Trevor stole my pick that was going to go away from the chalk here, but yeah, I guess us in the West, Colorado, for sure. New York has looked very, very good. I think the central is like the only one you could really be like, uh, like one of those other teams could maybe win, but no, nah, we're, we're chalking it up. Union take it. Okay. Fair enough. All chalk for Mr. Hawkins here. I'm sure Pavlianis will appreciate at least a little bit. (laughs) All right. Last question for this. And this is obviously pretty broad, but uh, what hot and spicy takes do you have for the rest of the 2022? And we can go, uh, we can go ADL, but also just like Frisbee. So if you want to go broader and think club or go women's game or mixed game or whatever, what are your burning takes? Are the things that you've seen players that have stood out or are overrated any hot takes that you've got that you've got to share on the pod? Hot takes? All right. World 2022, Raleigh, Frisbee scene sweeps again. So Phoenix and Ring win their respective divisions at Worlds. That's hot. That's really hot. <laughs> I'm not biased at all, I swear. Uh-huh. Are you getting to play Worlds still? Yeah. I'll be out there in Ohio. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I was going to go in a similar vein, but go with, Phoenix taking Worlds and Nationals, winning their first chip, I think. I think it's their first championship. It would be. That's my take. Too much good women's talent in the area for them to not take it this year. Plus, they got some big travel players playing with them. So it'll be fun. Players. Players, like plural? I think so. I think they have Sarah Mextroth and Cami Groom both on on the Phoenix roster. That's right. I forgot about Groom. Yeah, that's going to be insane. That actually, (laughs) that's pretty absurd. Every time I haven't thought about it because I've been so focused on. Uh, radiance but we'll see obviously it won't be revo pro but we'll they'll see medellin revolution at worlds right mm-hmm. okay but will we have cami for worlds do y'all know this i don't know but i think jesse schaffner is playing for phoenix at worlds so i mean that's like yeah that's like mary, as, as good a pickup as you can get mary rippy is going to be so excited she loves jesse schaffner that's going to be great can't wait yeah. all right so lots of Phoenix love on the hot takes. Any other hot takes? I'll give you a take. I think Seth said that we're going to have a game where the O doesn't turn it over at all. And I appreciate that, but I will go with, we don't get broken. No true breaks, which I guess if we turn it and they call a timeout and then the D line goes out there and gets scored on, I won't count that. So I'm giving myself as much possibility as we can for this. So the O-line will not get scored on. 
in a game at some point for the rest of the year. You're hedging so hard, but I do get that. Like that's so hard to do. <laughs> I'll take it though. That's cool. All right. So O-line doesn't get scored on. So timeout defense comes in, gets scored on. That's fine, man. That leaves you all some openings. Cause that definitely happens at least a couple times. <laughs> all right. That's cool. Cool. Let's live, move into the give and go. So if you've listened to the pod at all before, these are quick answers, quick questions, kind of the idea is to just kind of rip through a bunch of stuff. So obviously you guys have run a bunch of give and go together. So Dill and Trevor, are you ready for some on pot give and go? Let's do it. All right. We're going to go Trevor first, then Dylan. So first question, always my first one. Would you rather get the bidding under D to get the turn or the huge score upwind for the win on universe? I mean, now you're doing the hedging. Nothing beats an under layout D though. Man, I'm going to go other way. I definitely, definitely want to get the, the big moss up win because you get that layout D, like you still turn over, get scored on, but I catch in the end zone, that point's over. Okay. Definition of a great teammate. Supportive, motivating, and keeps it fun. And just lighthearted, someone who pushes you just to work harder. Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? I was never a Pokemon guy, honestly, but I always vibe with Charmander. Got the cool fire tail. I go squirrel. I mess with some turtles for sure. Flick or backhand? Flick for me. Yeah, flick all day. Scuba or hammer? My scuba is trash, honestly. <laughs> I'm going hammer. I definitely dig the scuba, righty or lefty. So, your favorite fan reaction in a game is? We've had some really awesome cheering sections for me and Dill whenever we've played. A lot of alpha teammates out there supporting us. So, I'll, I'll shout all those guys out. For sure, definitely all the college fans, but I also have like a little like brigade of little dudes from Chicago that will come and watch me play. And I always love hanging out with the, the current boys after game. Beautiful. Your favorite TV show is? All time. That's tough. I am about to finish Ozark and that's got me gripped. That's uh, that's pretty good. That is tough. I think right now I'm watching some show called The Boys on Amazon Prime. It's like some superhero show and I, Definitely rock with that show a lot. Actual answer might be Avatar The Last Airbender. That's actually the correct answer. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender is the best TV show. Thank you for making sure that that was said on the pod. Who inspires you? My parents and my family in general. I think my parents have worked super hard and they like didn't have a lot when they were growing up and have made a really awesome life for me and my sisters. And my sisters are really passionate about what they do. They're both getting doctorates. One just graduated doing occupational therapy. The other one's doing music. So it's really cool to just have that kind of greatness in the family, you know. I'm going to go way less deep here. Seth Weaver definitely inspires me. I don't know, he's just a great presence. He's the blue guy, you could say. So take that what you will. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Your favorite <laughs> offense to run? Motion offense. That's kind of what the default is in the triangle it feels like these days but yeah i feel comfortable a lot of space for cutters downfield i love a good dominator i love a little three-man weave you know you're a handler when you answer that but that's fair <laughs> oh. handler deal six three handler <laughs> we'll take it favorite defense to run is i like a matchup force middle the blue collar defender, I like one way flip. I think that's all I need. The most satisfying win you've had with an ultimate was satisfying. I mean, got to take them where you can get them. I've beaten Darkseid one time in my college career, and it was like during one of our 
weeknight showcase games. So it was cool. It was like at our practice field and it was a showcase game, but they were trying, we were trying and we, we pulled it out. That was my sophomore year. It was a, it was a super fun game. All right, we're going way back. Senior year of Smuck, Charlotte Spring League final. We have an absolute banger game against Audrey Kell. We pull it out on University. It's on YouTube if you ever want to watch an absolute, absolute thriller. We won this big trophy, too. We took it to cookout after it. Great time. Wow. <laughs> this is the moment where the trophy mattered more than anything. That's mm-hmm. great. For sure. What is the best post-game slash post-tournament meal? I... I'm a Chinese buffet guy. It's a polarizing answer. No, that's not polarizing. <laughs> I'm so on board with this. No one understands how great. Sorry, please keep to You can just stuff your face. I mean, there's that's really what's most important after a day of playing. Hey, that was about to be my answer because I'm always like at the fields. I'm like Chinese buffet, Chinese buffet. Cause like you pay like $12, $15 and just like stay there for like an hour and just eat like as much food as possible after eating protein bars and fruit snacks for like six hours. You need to feel like. And we always lose because everyone's like, I mean, you, it's like, hey, so Chinese buffet and you get one or two people. And then suddenly it's like, oh, Mexican, we're all doing Mexican. This is where yeah. you're going. It's like the universal club experience of like, oh, we're going to go to Mexican instead of actually getting Chinese where we should be getting. Sorry. Me and Trevor would charge so we could kind of like, we're going to Chinese buffet and like throw it in the groovy and just be like, that's where we're going for food. So sorry, that was very impassioned. I'm, I apologize. All right. <laughs> Your favorite movie franchise. I like the Dark Knight movies a lot. I think they're definitely up there. And I'm a sucker for Harry Potter. Get the nostalgia going on. Gotta be Star Wars. I I love everything Star Wars. I'm a little bit of a Star Wars nerd for sure. You're dropping Ultimate. What do you spend your time doing? (sighs) That is (laughs) a lot of time to account for. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think I probably play some basketball. That's like my probably my other favorite sport to play. Or like... It'd be cool to get into video editing. I always thought that would be kind of cool. So would maybe try to do some of that. Yeah, I love playing some basketball for sure. Definitely love to get the rec center in hoop. But if I had all the time possible, I'm pouring it all into Brawl Stars. I'm becoming a professional Brawl Stars player, which is like kind of like a phone game, but like a super cell phone game, but for sure. It's more a lifestyle. So yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle for sure. Your go-to spike on a big score is? uh i haven't spiked too much these days honestly i like the just like gronk spike throw it as hard as you can into the ground it's pretty standard yeah that's what i did in the atlanta game i got a penalty for spike in the atlanta <laughs> game i i guess i messed up with this a little too much but i guess my go-to lately has been like a little elbow spike action and maybe one day i'll be brave enough to send the people's elbow on a disc but i don't know we'll see the best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace is anything that gets me dancing a little bit, moving around. Hmm. All right. There's one album I used to bump on the way to high school games. The Hunter Jack album, I think, is like my go to for sure. Got it. Okay. Why is the narwhal the best mascot? And why <laughs> is it so important that we have narwhal night this year? Please feel free to elaborate as much as you want on this one. I mean, narwhals are pretty sick they're like the a medical anomaly as far as sea life is concerned you know so they should be celebrated the unicorns for sure how does a creature like that uh evolve i don't know it's very important we celebrate creatures with long pointy noses is it a nose or a horn pretty sure it's just a horn yeah i think it's just a horn but it kind of looks like a nose it's like right in the spot a nose would be right we'll take it we accept all right narwhal night 
Mike didn't artist, make it happen, please. All right. Well, last one. Oh, this is fun. Can you give us one thing that you know you're better at than Mike Denardis? Um, I mean, where to begin, you know? I, I think uh, maybe like geography, like basic geography. I feel like I, I could take them, like cities and states and capitals and all that. <laughs> what? That's just my thing. That's just my thing. And I, I'd take any challengers, honestly. Okay. That's fair. We'll have to, we'll actually, actually have to do this for like a halftime show. Okay. Dylan. <laughs> Gotta be basketball. I think, I think I got some size. I might be, I think one-on-one, I think I'll give some buckets low key. That's awesome. And I have a commitment from him that if with the questions like this, that it won't affect your playing time. So that's, I'm glad. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for not holding back. Appreciate that. Before we do our final shout outs, I do want to real quick. I had a tip off by one of your teammates. I was supposed to ask Dylan more extensively about Brawl Stars. Can you please elaborate on, on what this is and why is it so important to your life? For sure. For those of you who don't know, it's I guess a mobile game, so you can get it get on your phones and whatnot. It's like Supercell games are the same dudes make like Clash of Clans, Clash Royale and all that. It's 3v3 and you control this little dude, 50-something little dudes. And I've been been grinding it since my senior year of high school. So... I consider myself uh, in the upper echelon of Brawl Stars players, but um, like we'll play tournaments and stuff. Like yesterday when I was bored at work, <laughs> I was watching Brawl Stars like mid-season invitational tournament. It's on the stage, these people are out there and like one team from Europe beat an NA team and like went over the, on, like the other side of the stage and was like yelling at them and stuff. And it was like just crazy to watch. But the big part of my pregame routine is ripping a game of Brawl Stars. Oh, pregame. Okay. So, and Mm -hmm. this actually goes back to the Seth Weaver question, which is becoming a theme. Are you a nerd pretending to be a jock or are you a jock pretending to be a nerd? Yeah. uh, Only some things I'm pretty nerdy about, like like Brawl Stars and Star Wars. So I guess I'll go nerd pretending to be a jock. Okay. That's important. All right. And then Trevor, (laughs) I was supposed to ask you earlier about karate. I've been told that you've done this for a considerable time. So can you give us your karate background real quick? Yeah, I I started actually as at my school when I was seven, right when I moved from, I moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania as a kid. And I started with that and I wasn't really super into it and was in it for a couple of years. And then it got to a point where I had to test for my black belt. And that was sort of what got me engaged with it and like really, really enjoying it. And then sort of after that, I started to teach a little bit and like I became an instructor at the school and spent a lot of time. That was kind of like my, my pre-frisbee major time commitment was like I was there most days of the week teaching classes or taking classes or just practicing random stuff with the other staff kind of people at the school so it was super fun I ended up doing it for 10 years and I got my third degree black belt in my senior year of high school so yeah it was a it was a good time so two questions with that first off so if you actually had to dive into it again right now how much do you think it would kind of come flowing back to you or do you think it's like it's been long enough that now that you would not do so hot I think it sort of depends on what aspect of it. When you're testing for belts and stuff, it's like you have to memorize all these forms and specific moves and combos and stuff like that. So that part, I think, would be no problem. Honestly, I think I could come back and I remember most of that kind of stuff, but I competed for a little bit in like sparring. It's like Taekwondo technically, so it's not like punching very much or anything. It's mostly kicks, but I started competing my freshman year of high school and most of the people that I was competing against have been doing it since they were like five. So I was kind of getting my ass kicked most of the time <laughs> when I was out there competing in the first place. But 
that part would be tough to adjust to. It's also just like a different kind of athleticism than that Frisbee requires. So that would be a tough adjustment, but I think actually just practicing and doing forms and stuff like that would come back pretty naturally. And then my second question with this was, is karate the reason you have such immaculate layout form? <laughs> I don't know if it translated to layout form. It definitely helped with my hip strengthening, which is definitely huge for Frisbee, just being able to move laterally and stuff like that. And I don't know, I spent a lot of time on the ground getting kicked around and stuff. So maybe that helped the layout form. All right. Last thing. I want to make sure that everybody always has a chance to do a shout out on the pod. Let's go Dylan this time. Who's your shout out on the Raleigh Pultman podcast? Shout out John Laney. He's a NC State dude as well. Absolute dog and father of one. So shout out John Laney. Okay. And then Trev? Yeah, I'll shout out Michael Lee. Obviously, he's been a part of my Frisbee career ever since I started college. So he was the first guy I met on NC State's team and captained me for a year. And then we captained together for two years, like maybe a little bit more with the COVID season. So and now he's on the flyers with us. So, and it's been awesome to get to just play with him again and have him just be a presence just like for the team. So definitely shout out to Michael. He, he's an awesome guy. Been a huge part of my Frisbee journey. Taught me everything I know. 100%. All right. Thank you again, Dylan and Trevor for coming on the pod. Our next flyers home game is against the Atlanta hustle on Saturday, July 2nd at 7 PM, July 4th weekend. Going to be super fun. Like we said, super important game for kind of our pole position on whether or not we get to not only host the, the home game for the postseason, but also like where do we land with championship weekend? And then our final home game of the season, which is going to be a crazy fun one against the Tampa Bay Cannons on Saturday, July 9th at 6 p.m. We've got some special stuff in store from the staff side of like just things for fans who make the time to come out to that game. So I hope you guys, everyone listening, comes out to those two final home games. Obviously, the Radiance season is done for this year, but we will have some kind of wrap-up content coming out for them to kind of reflect on the year and look forward. But yeah, so lots more to come on the pod. Uh, thanks again, gentlemen, and uh, looking for another championship. We'll see you soon. Sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Luke.